Welcome to Sooners Extra Postgame Edition after Oklahoma's 48-14 win over UCLA. I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with fellow, or, well, Oklahoman columnist, not fellow columnist. I'm not a columnist. Fellow Oklahoman <laughs> uh, employee. There yeah. you go. Uh, Jenny Carlson. Uh, Jenny, a memorable night last night at the Rose Bowl, and uh, certainly for me, I'd never been to a game there. Never spent much time around this area. Fantastic setting, but we're primarily here to talk about the game. And let's start off with the offensive side. Jalen Hurts, another phenomenal game for him. 150 yards rushing. Uh, Let's see, what did he finish with on the passing side? 289 yards, three touchdowns, 15 for 20. Um, just another strong night for Jalen Hurts, and mm-hmm. I think he keeps himself at the forefront of the Heisman uh, race, even though we're really early in the season. But uh, certainly that's something, especially at Oklahoma, that you always have to be talking about after the last couple years. Yeah, here we were in L.A., land of Hollywood, and you know, beautiful people and movie stars, and Jalen Hurts was a star last night, as he has been the first three weeks, all three weeks of this football season. You know, he uh, continues to do things both big and small that I think are, you know, impressive big because they keep him in that Heisman conversation, uh, which, like you said, Ryan, I mean, there's there's a standard that Oklahoma is going to have a guy in that in that uh, race when it all finishes up. And then small, I think you, you see him continuing to grow and evolve in the offense. And that's important for Oklahoma and what they're hoping to accomplish this season. So. Lots of really good signs for Jalen Hurts. You know, I think just the, as you wrote in the uh, Oklahoman on Sunday, you know, for Sunday, the um, just the control that he is able to assert over a game. I think you really, you know, in a big setting like that, um, you, you really appreciate sort of the, the way with which he takes the game by the shoulders and says, you know, I got this. I'm in control here. And he really started it from the beginning, Ryan. Yeah, he did. He had a a 52-yard run on the very first play of the game, wound up with 99 yards rushing on the first drive of the game, which considering uh, they started it at the 11, so he only had 89 yards to go. There was a holding uh, penalty in there, but uh, nobody else uh, really touched the ball. Uh, there on that first drive. There was a handoff to Trey Sermon, but got called back due to the holding. But as far as statistically, uh, he had the, the one incomplete pass on that first drive, but runs 52, uh, 1, 16, and 30. Just a phenomenal start for Jalen Hurts. And we saw that drive that we've seen in him uh, since the beginning. But I, I thought also uh, some positive signs for him throwing the ball. I, I thought there were a couple of uh, deep balls uh, that he was able to complete the one that Charleston Rambo really stands out the touchdown that uh, he was able to float it out there and I think once he let it go one it's not as uh, it doesn't have quite as much zip on it as I think Baker Mayfield and and Kyler Murray did but those guys were you know really rare in that area mm-hmm. but at the same time you knew when he let go of that ball that it was one going to get there and two it was going to be a touchdown because of how wide open they were yeah and you know I think there were several instances that you saw Jalen Hurts continuing to go through progressions and reads and you know we see what he can do with those legs in terms of buying time you know he's got such a great offensive line that that is going to give him 
more time than most quarterbacks. That group, it had some rough stretches last night, but I still think a, a group that a lot of teams would take right now if they could. Um, so he's Yeah, I think there's you know only maybe 10 teams in the country who might not trade if you you know got down to it and their coaches were actually truthful Mm -hmm. uh wouldn't trade um i I think there needs to be growth there clearly they got to get the penalties uh figured out on the offensive line tyrese robinson had a couple of them last night the holds that stuff but it seems like that penalties are really the only thing that's going to slow this offense down right now yeah and i think that's a that's a good point and you know we saw what Three more holes last night by the uh, the Oklahoma. I believe that's correct. Yeah, and and one on the opening drive, and after last week and the early hold problems, you thought, oh geez, here they go again. You know, just just not not quite being able to lock in. But you know, yeah, I think that has to improve. But back to Jalen Hurts for a sec. That offensive line is going to give him time in most instances, and then his ability to scramble and create more time. I think in the past, and and you know, it's hard to it's hard to get an exact number on this because you'd have to do some, you know, like trolling around in Jalen Hurts' brain to see what he was thinking at the time. So it's impossible to do. There's medical science doesn't get us there. But, you know, where you might see him roll out or scramble to create time, he would maybe take off in the past in more instances than he does now. Um, That 48-yard touchdown to Charleston Rambo that put Oklahoma up 27-7, there was it was a scramble. He go, he scrambles to his right, and you can see him looking through the guys, making sort of a scan of the field of who's out there before he finally gets to his left, which he throws back across the field to his left, and Rambo is wide open. So the fact that he took the time to let the play develop, to let those guys get open, to trust through those progressions that he could then find the right guy, again, that shows – that uh, that coming together of his abilities in, I think, new ways. Not to say he didn't do that before. There were times that I'm sure he did. But I think that you see, are continuing to see a more mature, refined Jalen Hurts in a lot of ways. Yeah, that, that touchdown you mentioned to Charleston Rambo was a perfect example of that. Uh, Charleston Rambo sort of fell off his route, although it turned into a scramble drill where receivers just try to find open space and he was able to find it uh, a pretty good chunk open as we saw there and you know i think that leads me to rambo that the growth that we've seen from him over Mm -hmm. the last year he really wasn't much of a part of this offense at all for much of last season and then at the very end of the year you started seeing glimpses i mean that touchdown he had against alabama was a perfect example uh, where you thought, oh, this they could have something here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that we know C.D. Lamb is the number one target and will remain so, but Charleston Rambo might be a 1A like we've seen with uh, Marquise Brown and C.D. Lamb last year where Marquise Brown was option one, but C.D. Lamb wasn't far behind no I think you're exactly right I think he had five catches six targets last night Rambo did so even more uh, opportunities than CeeDee Lamb had CeeDee Lamb touches the ball twice and scores both times I mean let's let's be honest that's that's the kind of thing you want to see from your from your star at that position but 
I do think Charleston Rambo is it's 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 really a testament to not only his skill but sort of his intestinal fortitude because he was sort of a forgotten man for so long with with Brown and with Lamb and and just the guys that came before him and then Oklahoma brings in this freshman class of receivers and all these five stars and if you're sitting in Charleston Rambo's shoes you're thinking is my time ever going to come? Are these guys just going to leapfrog me after I, you know, put in this work and I was behind these other guys? And he's basically making himself, you know, a, a, a place at the top of the pecking order by continuing to make big catches, big plays, um, be a consistent yet dynamic threat for Jalen Hurts. That's the type of thing that gets the ball thrown your way. And I know that Jalen Hurts has said, we just throw it to, you know, whoever's out there. I get that. But if a guy's breaking open and he's doing what he needs to do to become as eligible as possible to catch the ball, you like to throw to guys like that. So I think hats off to Charleston Rambo for, for hanging in there, for um, for continuing to evolve and not, not sort of seeing the arrival of, uh, you know, the the, uh, the star-studded freshman receiver class as some sort of nail in his coffin. Yeah, and the, the confidence that he exudes is off the charts. I mean, here this guy had, uh, like we said, five catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns last night. And he said, this is only the tip of the iceberg. He said, uh, and I asked him what that meant, what what the bigger things uh, for him were. And he said 200-yard games, um, you know, game-winning catches, things like that. This guy wants the ball, and that's generally a, a mark of a, a great receiver when he, you couple production with confidence. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I think he, I think he is showing that, you know, he's one of those guys that – um, when you think about players that you maybe weren't expecting to have a, a, a sort of a name out there by this point in the uh, season, three games in, I'm not exactly sure. I thought Charleston Rambo was going to be a guy we were going to be talking about at length after the UCLA game. I mean, I, but he's what he's done is 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 make that happen because of his play. So I, I yeah, I think that's uh, I, if you're talking about maybe biggest surprise I don't I don't know if that exactly fits but I think it's definitely it's got to be a really positive thing for Oklahoma's coaching staff to see this guy step forward because he does have the experience he does have the skill and that gives these freshmen a chance to continue to evolve get more comfortable and oh by the way help CD Lamb be even better by the way we should mention after that uh that little (laughs) stretch that we are recording this podcast from uh Bob Hope Airport in beautiful Burbank, California. Those were not voices which, in your head. You heard in no, the background. They, they, they were there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Every time I hear Burbank, the only thing I think about, or the first thing I think about, I guess, maybe the only thing, I don't know a whole lot else about Burbank other than this airport, was uh, Johnny Carson watching as a kid and, yeah. and you know, hearing him. This is where he recorded his show for so many years and, um just pretty cool, I, th- I think. It's kind of old California, old Southern California, uh, Burbank. Well, we, in Pasadena, you know, we, we stayed in Pasadena with the Rose Bowl being uh, in Pasadena. And it sort of felt old California, too. Didn't see a lot of uh, sort of the glitz and glam of, of <laughs> Hollywood and, you know, the beach and all that stuff. It, it felt older homes, you know. I think Burbank sort of feels the same way to me. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, let's move over to the defensive side, Jenny. There was and glitz and glam there, Ryan. <laughs> you know, there was. Um, it, you know, I thought early in the second half, that first UCLA drive coming out of half, they come down and uh, uh, score a touchdown there, 14 plays, 75 yards. And you sort of got this sense that, oh, you know, could we could could it be a here we go again type of a moment? One, I think, even on that drive, you noticed a little bit difference from last year's defense to this, and that they made them work for it. It was a, a drive that took almost half of the third quarter. There, um, I think that's something that last year's defense wouldn't have done. But unlike the Houston game to start the year. This defense closed out, and they played uh, really well after that. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, with the exception of a couple of um, 28-yard 20, and 20-yard uh, pass play to uh, their their big tight end, Aussie Aussie, that was a drive of, you know, three yards, four yards, six yards, much like UCLA's touchdown drive in the first half. They made UCLA work for points, and so I think – that was that was while obviously you don't want to see UCLA score. To me, that set up what was another promising moment for this defense because after UCLA goes down and scores very methodically with that offensive possession, you then see Oklahoma's offense go three and out and that sort of little fleeting feeling of dread that people might have been thinking had to tick up a little bit because all of a sudden, you know, if UCLA marches down again, Suddenly it's, you know, within two scores and, you know, it doesn't feel like Oklahoma's necessarily going to lose this one, but you start to have a little bit of thought of that. Um, So for the Oklahoma defense, then the very next time to come out, they get a sack on the first play of the next drive. I think that was a good note to set, even though they gave a a big run on that second play to make up for it. Three plays later, UCLA's punting. So or they, or yeah, they, they turn them up over on downs. downs. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the, the give it up on downs. So UCLA sensed a, a, the chance that they really had to try to take there, and Oklahoma gets off the field. A pass breakup by Justin Broyles that uh, ends that possession. Oklahoma gets the ball back, and basically that ends the threat. So I think yeah, Ryan, what you said about you know the Oklahoma defense wouldn't have done it that way a year ago. I mean, I think there are just continuing uh, moments of this is different. You know, in the opener it was this looks different. You know. Now we're starting to get a little bit more evidence three games in that, you know, how much better? I don't know. But this is a better defense. They they do things differently. They do things better than they were doing them a year ago. Yeah, they really do. And I, I think one of the areas where we can most tell that is at cornerback with uh, the job that not only Parnell Motley and Trey Brown have done, you know, uh, d- I think Trey Brown has had some big plays to this point this year. Parnell Motley, by some statistical measures, has been uh, one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Uh, looking at like some PFF analytics stuff, Pro Football Focus, I think that those are always fascinating to me uh, to check out. But now Jaden Davis is making it really hard to keep him off the field, and that's something. You know, the last few years they've been searching for two cornerbacks who could be on the field together at the same time. They've sort of gone through a. A progression of those guys and uh but now they have some depth there i think there's still some questions at safety where uh delarian turner yell and pat fields patrick fields 
Pat Fields is what he goes by now. <laughs> he, it, yeah, this year it's Pat. But uh, Turner Yell and Fields, I, I thought, struggled at times last night. But cornerback might be outside of quarterback and receiver, which are just ridiculous right now with the level of play. I think outside of those, cornerback's probably the spot where they feel best about. They got to feel like if you've got three guys you can start, that's a, that's a big step in the right direction because, you know, can Motley and Brown keep those two spart- starting spots? I think that's a real question right now, and not because they're not playing great. I mean, there were times in the past few years when you, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you prayed for a guy like Jaden Davis to emerge because you had guys at corner that were – questionable or you know just not playing up to a, a, a power five standard not playing up to Oklahoma defense standard of you know sort of historically what what that defense has been so I think now that that's that's a that's a huge deal now Ryan you and I talked a little bit about this in the press box last night you know the real tests are coming now Texas Tech they they lose last night to Arizona that 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 game's in two weeks as Oklahoma gets ready for an off, off week. But, you know, whether it's... Yeah, and you would think that after watching that game, Jalen Hurts has got to be licking his chops for that defense after Khalil Tate just put up monster numbers in that one. Yeah, and, you know, these these Tech OU games have become shootouts in recent years, and maybe we see that again. But I think there's more likelihood. You can, you can see a scenario where... Oklahoma doesn't, the defense doesn't let Allen Bowman and that offense really go nuts. Um, You know, I think, as you said, Ryan, I think safety is still a spot where there's times that you you think, oh, gosh, you know, what's going on here? Whether it's just having guys who aren't in the right spot or guys that can't, you know, can't cover, can't get over and, you know, make up ground fast enough and suddenly a guy has a step or two or three. So – those are uncomfortable scenarios in the Big 12 when offenses start throwing, you know, wide receivers out and, and pass patterns and places that are really going to be tricky. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how how this Oklahoma defense does uh, against Texas Tech and, and moving forward in the Big 12. I, I like their chances to, you know, get some stuff done. But like I said, this is really going to be the – this is really going to be the, the the moments that tell us how much better uh, for this Oklahoma yeah, defense. Yeah, and, and let's remember after that they play Kansas, Kansas team that dropped 40 on the Sooners last year. Uh, Just running the ball and, primarily. And yeah, it didn't do anything fancy, and then you add less miles, the less miles dynamic to that. So I, I think these two, next two games are, are going to be big for the Sooners, but especially that Texas Tech game. I don't think there's much chance that Kansas beats the Sooners, especially – Although, no, I say especially, even in light of what Kansas did to Boston College the other night, which is just sort of mind-blowing to me, that they not only beat Boston College but hung 48 on them and blew them out. But, uh, yeah, I think next week against Texas Tech or two weeks from now against Texas Tech, that's when we really start to figure out how much better this defense is yeah and I think things you know we we obviously and for great reasons give a lot of attention to what's going on in the secondary and but I do think you know what we continue to see out of 
you know, the Oklahoma front, uh, both defensive line and linebackers, you know, they're they're causing some 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 heartache for opposing quarterbacks. Last night, I thought they did a great job containing Dorian Turner. Yell, no, Thompson, no, <laughs> I've I've slept. <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson. Let's get that right. Uh, the UCLA quarterback who. Um, can can get out and cause some problems if he breaks containment you know he, he can do a lot of a lot of things to make your life miserable and Oklahoma really kept him you know kept him at bay and that goes back to the guys on the defensive line um, you know linebackers uh, I didn't think we saw as dynamic a play from the linebackers last last night uh, or Saturday night you know I think that um, there were some instances where they came up and made plays like you know we sort of started to to see them do more often but um still i mean those guys have got to get in two weeks i got to get to alan bowman they've got to they've got to you know make things really hot back there for him that you know he he doesn't feel like he's got time so that's got to continue to to be be good uh, for oklahoma as well as you look ahead to these games against these big 12 offenses yeah uh no doubt about that let's at the end of non-conference play is a good time to sort of take the temperature of a mm-hmm. team and see where they are. Jenny, I'll start off with the easiest of easy questions. Who is the MVP uh, for the Sooners offensively to this point? Well, if it's not Jalen Hurts, we need to check the ballot box, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they're getting they're getting really good play out of a lot of guys uh whether you mentioned the receivers how high level they're playing right now or you know offensive lines doing some really nice things as they continue to you know bring together this brand new group but Jalen Hurts I you know you knew he was going to be good there's no doubt about that I mean he's he's starting in Alabama as a freshman this guy's a good quarterback but how good was a big question and I think I mean, we don't have the full answer because, again, the big, bigger tests are coming. But he's even better than I. And I think if you put true serum in a lot of people, a lot better than most people in Oklahoma thought he'd be. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, little doubt about that. He's been phenomenal at this point. The, the uh, rushing yards, the different way that he's able to run the football, running like a running back rather than a scrambling quarterback once he tucks it down. Uh, the, the passing ability where the accuracy has been off the charts. He was, what, 15 of 20 last night. Um, I think to this point has still accounted for more touchdowns, both throwing and running, and then he's thrown incompletions, which is just phenomenal uh, through three games. Jalen Hurts is the unquestioned MVP of this offensive group. Jenny, uh, what about the most concerning thing about Oklahoma's offense through three games? I, I know that that's sort of uh, nitpicking there, as they the yardage that they put up, the 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 way they've been able to move the football. But right. still, anything stand out to you that maybe you wonder about uh, going down the stretch for this team? I think something that you wrote about Ryan for Sunday's uh, newspaper is the offensive lines penalties and you know mistakes that maybe aren't killers at this point but you know again you're gonna you're gonna start to see better teams better defenses they can't they can't commit so many holding penalties um you know 
assignments that, I mean, at times they do things that are just off the charts, fantastic. And then, you know, a play or two later, you're thinking, oh man, what happened there? So I think that probably the penalties are the thing that would be most concerning to me because man, those, we talk about holding penalties, how that puts you behind the sticks when you're, you know, trying to get first downs, that, that can really, that can really be a, be a killer out there. Yeah, I mean, especially if you get to the playoff and have to face the defensive lines that, you know, the Alabamas and the, the Clemsons and the Ohio States have, um, those can be backbreakers for, for an offense. And I think they've got to clean those up. There's no doubt to me that the offensive line is, if there's any question mark on this group that on this offense, it's that, um, I thought they played better last night overall. Um, the, the, the penalties weren't just incredibly stupid ones. They're ones that they got to fix, you know, against South Dakota, I thought that there were dumb penalties those first uh, that first quarter when they had four holding penalties on the offensive line. Tyrese Robinson had a rough start last night with a couple uh, holdings there early. They've got to get that figured out. But you also this this line isn't playing the way that the lines the last three years have played. But that's because the lines the last three years have been you know some of the best offensive lines that that Oklahoma has ever seen. I don't think they're quite at that level yet, but I think they've got a chance to be close to it at least. Um, but that's that's one thing on the offensive side that they do need to get cleaned up. What about the defense, Jenny? This is a, a little bit harder question, I think, on who is the defensive MVP uh, for this team to this point. Mm. Boy, that is a that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I would probably, I, I would probably just say because of how dynamic and improved he has been, I think I might go with Kenneth Murray. But I mean, defensive line has been, they've sort of been quietly special, frankly. I mean, I, 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 I struggle to not go with one of those guys, but. I might go with Murray. What 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 do the stats say from last night? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Jaden Davis came Step off the out, bench yeah. and and had the six uh, solo tackles. Kenneth Murray had five with three of those uh, being solo. They had four guys with sacks last night. Jalen Redman, Brian Osamoa, Isaiah Thomas had uh, had a sack there, which was a a, a scramble that Dorian Thompson Robinson had to throw the ball away was the one intentionally I think it was the only intentional grounding that got called there were several other close ones or or ones that Thompson Robinson just had to sort of turn around and heave toward the line of scrimmage Uh, Nick Benito had the big one uh, that we mentioned you know it's really hard to pick out who the defensive MVP of this team is and I think that speaks to the improvement that it's not just you know look around and see who has the biggest tackle numbers and oh that's the guy you know as last year I think it was at times with Curtis Bolton where it was just oh this guy's the one guy out there who's actually making tackles and you sort of get a sense of where he is uh, in a positive way out there this isn't that they're spreading the wealth around Mm -hmm. that everybody's making tackles uh you know last night Jaden davis had six but after that you had five guys with three and uh got was got was eight more with two 
tackles. So everything was really evenly distributed. And that's what you like to see mm-hmm. on the defense. That means you're not uh, getting a lot of guys beat. So the secondary isn't racking up a ton of tackles. Um, your linebackers aren't making a ton of tackles because you know the other team isn't running seven, eight yards every time and sort of running into a linebacker and, and getting those big chunk yardage. So, I, you know, I think to me, uh, Kenneth Murray is probably the, the best bet. Neville Gallimore is another one that stands out there in the middle. Uh, didn't see much of him last night production-wise, only had one tackle. But I, I think his ability to, uh, you know, get off blocks and, and make life difficult and, and force uh, opposing ball carriers to scramble around really helps this defense. I think he's been good uh, to this point of the season. We mentioned Jaden Davis. I think he's right up there with anybody. Parnell Motley uh, as well, a guy that, you know, a much maligned player for the Sooners the last couple of years. And you know, you really haven't heard any complaints about him. And I think that speaks to the level of, of play that he's he's gone after. Now, I, I think a lot of that the last couple of years has been unfair because their defensive line hasn't got after very many people. Those those uh, secondary guys, especially corners, everything gets magnified with them. Um, but now they're getting help, and that's helped this defense overall be much better Jenny, we touched on this earlier. I think I know what your answer is going to be. But what about the most concerning thing about the defense so far? Well, I think safety is probably it. Um, You know, some guys that are having to carry a heavy heavy workload um, for the first time, really. Um, And, you know, finding themselves in tough situations. And those situations are only going to get tougher against uh you know teams that are even more excited about passing the ball and even better at it so um yeah i think that would probably be the area that would be you know the thing that alex grinch and 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 those guys whether it's the way that they're scheming the way that they're helping um teaching whatever has to happen to um to sort of allow those guys to maximize because you know there's a reason that they're 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 not playing cornerback. They're not as speedy as some of those receivers, so they can't be put in compromising situations where they're maybe being a little slower. Isn't you know they they have to figure out how to how to make up for that in in some ways. So I think that that's where uh, if I'm Alex Grinch, I am interested to see what that looks like against the Big Twelve, but also thinking what can I do to help you know ease ease that ease their burden a little bit whether that's you know more pass rush uh you know better containment of the quarterback um just a variety of things that I'm sure he'll be he'll be working through in this especially with this off week before tech in two weeks yeah I I think and it's good that you can talk about doing those things because in the past it's been like well you'd like to do those things but you really can't do it given what you've got defensively now they can find ways to get more pressure they can find ways to help out those guys where there is a weak link where they haven't been able to do the last few years and i think yes safety is the biggest concern on the defensive side but uh it's one that's not overwhelming uh those guys have made made some plays i mean heck we saw pat fields um especially in the opener 
come up with some big plays, and I think we'll see him make some plays again. But uh, that that's in it probably the area that most needs improving right now. Um, you know, they've had gotten better results out of turnovers, especially interceptions. With uh, with having a couple more of those last night, there's those are getting spread out. Up to four, and, and they had six all last year. So yeah, yeah much better, so much better output there. Yeah, and some of that was going to be luck, just the way the ball bounced uh, this year versus last. I think those numbers were bound to go up, given how historically low they were. But still, an encouraging sign uh, for the Sooners. So. Um, th- I think a fascinating game last night, a game that I thought I think Sooner fans should be really happy about how it went, not only in the the raw score, but the way it played out and the way that they were able to uh, control that game and then re-grab control, the, the tiny sliver of a moment where you thought maybe UCLA could get back in this thing. So uh, some positive uh, signs for the Sooners, but we're going to wrap it up there as we uh, – get ready to board a flight here in a bit uh, to come back home but we'll be back uh, this week with uh, some more editions of uh, Sooners Extra and then uh, getting ready to go next week here as, as Oklahoma prepares to start Big 12 play against Texas Tech we're hoping that game time might be announced Monday uh, if, if they go the 14 day window or I guess it's a 12 day window technically um, but uh, we'll see. I sort of anticipate that game being a morning kick, but uh, we certainly could be wrong. But you can uh, check our workout every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere. Mm-hmm.